BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey, everybody. It's Lisa from BeastNet Podcast, and today we're talking to Amy. Amy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, obviously, my name is Amy Kohler. I um, am 24 years old, and right now I'm living in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, so the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, I work at Blue Mountain Resort, and I'm really excited that I have the opportunity to link up with you all and talk a little bit about our obstacle race coming up and a few other races we have that we've been able to somehow put on uh, amidst all the craziness going yeah. on. Um, but, but yeah, I'm a trail runner. I'm a, a new OCR athlete, a rock climber, and kind of just a new adventure junkie, I guess you could say. That's awesome. Um, so you have you, obviously you guys are doing your obstacle course race, but I thought I read that you are also the race director for the trail races. What all, what are yeah. your series that you guys have? I'm, I'm not a training manager. Um, so I manage all the fitness classes that we do at the mountain. Um, we have like weekly fitness classes. We have yoga, um, obstacle course, uh, training classes on the weekends. We do a high intensity interval class. Um, a bunch of different stuff and, and it changes from year to year as well. So that is kind of in my role as on mountain training manager. And then I am the race director for our trail races as well. Um, so our main, I guess, trail system at the mountain is comprised of uh, the Blue Burn, which is a four and a half mile uh, running trail for people to come up and hike or run. Um, it covers the whole mountain. So about 1200 feet of gain. And, um, of course, a, a pretty intense technical descent as well. Um, and that we've actually been able to, um, to use our, our RFID technology. So runners can come out whenever, scan their wristband at the start and at scanners along the route. And it records their time every time they come up. So, um, so we do that, and then we have some trail races as well that we've been able to to have this season, surprisingly. I mean, everything kind of got crazy, as I'm sure it did for you as well. Yeah. Um, in April uh, is when I started in this role, and um, so we had our first race at the end of May, and it was a little different than a normal race. Uh, we did staggered times. Um and that was, it was good, but you didn't get the race feel that so many people enjoy. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was good. Um, but once we finally got into the yellow phase, we could have larger events. And so then we were able the rest of the summer to have races less than 250 people, which really just opened up a lot for us. But yeah, we do the Hump Day 5K series, which I have, uh, <laughs> of course, wrapping that right now. But um, that's our main trail running series. Um, we do the last Wednesday of every month. It's a 5K. Um, and uh, it really is a mix of ski slopes, bike trails. Um, I somehow always manage to go a little crazy with the elevation. Um, <laughs> and I like to 
like to throw in a lot of climbing and a lot of a lot of technical descending. Um, so that's really that's our main uh, series that we have throughout the summer, and our last one's coming up this month. Um, I can't believe summer's already gone. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm right there with you. So when is your obstacle course race that you guys are doing? So the OCR race is October 3rd, um, and that was actually the weekend that Spartan was planning to come, uh, and then, you know, everything kind of stopped, Happens. and they weren't <laughs> coming anymore. And uh, like I had mentioned, we have our obstacle course training classes, so we have a lot of obstacles on the mountain already. Um, and so it was kind of like, all right, like, let's try and, and create our own obstacle course race, which we've never done before. Um, but we're so well known as the Palmerton Spartan venue that, um, it feels like we had, we had to give it a go. (laughs) So we're doing that October 3rd and, um, I actually just finished, uh, the course mapping and, and all of that. So you'll get some insider scoop tonight, but (laughs) it's, um, yeah, it's about, it's going to be about eight miles. Um, I was aiming for a 10 K and got a little carried away. So <laughs> it'll be about eight miles and about, uh, 2,200 feet of gain and descent. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, do you have any specific, um, obstacles for this course that you guys have designed yourselves or are you just kind sure. of following like the, the normal basics of obstacle course racing to just kind of get rolling? Yeah. So we definitely have had to adapt a little bit. Um, you know, we're not a huge operation like a Savage Race or Spartan or anything like that. So we definitely have, I've had to be creative in my obstacle choices. And I would say it's going to be a combination of obstacles that everyone's familiar with, like monkey bars and walls and rings. Um, and then you'll also have some, um, kind of old fashioned OCR, uh, coming back into play, uh, some puzzles, some memory tests, um, kind of testing your, your survival and cognitive abilities while you're out there as well. Oh, that's Um, great. Yeah. And then we'll have some heavy carries and, and all of that. Um, I think most of the obstacles are things people will be familiar with. There's only a few that, um. I think will be surprises and uh, specific to Blue Mountain, of course, is always the goal. Um, yeah. We're having this OCR race. So I wanted it to be um, something that isn't like a normal OCR race. That's something that a lot of local people will appreciate. And, um, and it's something new. How are you guys having to adjust with, you know, COVID pandemic, like safety yeah. and, how is that going to play into, you know, your heats and your ways of people? Like, right. What is your area? Um, Yeah. So it actually has worked out pretty nicely. Um, as I had mentioned, we have these, um, scanners placed around the mountain. And so when we were first kind of talking about how do we want to do this, like, do we want to time different waves or, um, you know, have kind of a timing system, where we use the RFID scanners and everyone who's racing is actually going to get a wristband. So when they come to bib pickup, they'll get their bib and a few other goodies, um, uh, a few surprises from sponsors and whatnot. And then they'll get an RFID bracelet with it as well. Um, And what we're going to do is 
we'll have everyone social distanced at the um, their appropriate wave time. So they'll line up, let's say for 8 a.m. elite men will be starting and we're going to release release one runner every 30 seconds. So they'll scan and then they'll be able to take off um, and you'll still kind of get the race feel because it's only 30 seconds and, you know, we don't know who's, who's faster. So the yeah. slowest guy could be starting in spot number one and this, the guy behind him could catch him. And that's kind of the idea behind it is yeah. we want to stagger everyone a little bit, but not drastically that you don't feel like you're running a race. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. I guess that's the challenge for anybody who's got races going on this year and are able to do them is figuring out how to stagger, how to still have that race feel, right. but remain safe at the same time. Um, yeah, definitely. And I will say too, uh, with the hump day races that we've had, and we've had a few other, um, like special races that we don't always have. Um, everyone has been super respects, respectful, which has been refreshing. Um, you know, as a race director, it can be very yeah. nerve wracking yes. um, <laughs> when all of this is going on. So the community here, I mean, it, it's fabulous. I even, I, I started trail running last year really. Um, and the community totally like took me in and I, became super passionate about it, obviously, because I'm yeah. sitting here. But, um, but, but yeah, everyone that has come to the events at Blue Mountain has been totally respectful of the rules that we've sent out ahead of time. And um, we haven't had any issues with people wearing masks or, or uh, social distancing. So it's been easier than it, it has to be. It's been it's been going well. That's awesome. If so, this is your inaugural race then for the obstacle course race. Am I correct? Yes. So this oh. is my first uh, race OCR race as a race director that I will be creating. Um, and so it's it's fun. I mean, I love taking on new uh, projects, and it's definitely a challenge. But I'm I'm really excited. I mean, my favorite part about race directing is hearing what people have to say at the finish line. And they're always mad at the finish line. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, that was so awesome. <laughs> that sounds um, really familiar. <laughs> right, right. They're like mad that it was so painful, but like, you know, that's what you're signing up for. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been a little challenging to, to come up with, um, you know, new ideas for something that I've never done before. But I, like I said, the community around here is, is very strong it's been, I haven't been alone in, in creating the race. And, um, a lot of people have been supportive with ideas. And of course the blue mountain team has been throwing ideas left and right. And, you know, what if we do this for obstacles and we have this whole adventure park up at blue mountain as well. So it's always unique to kind of try to incorporate as much of the mountain as we can. That's um, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it works out very nicely. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is my inaugural race. I like that um, for for <laughs> obstacle course racing. That's great. And now a word from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. So if people who are in within, you know, 
Pennsylvania and surrounding states. Is sure. there, do you have a website? How do they find where to register? Yeah. Um, so we do all the information is on the website. It is um, skibluemount.com. Okay. Um, and most of the information that I'll be putting out about the race will be on our Facebook. So um, there's actually a Facebook event created. Uh, it's called Blue Mountain Madness OCR. Um, and Perfect. Yeah. So the link to that um, really is where we'll have all of the like sponsor info, who's going to be coming, um, where we're at capacity wise and some previews of the obstacles and whatnot. Perfect. What are you guys hoping for like numbers wise for your first race and having people there and with all of our limitations that we have going on? Right. Um, so obviously the event, we won't have any more than 225, um, who are coming to the event. Um, we wanted to allow a little bit of a buffer with, uh, staff running the event. And of course I'm going to have like course marshals out at each obstacle. So, um, I mean, obviously the goal is to sell out. Um, I would love to have 225 runners there that are excited to take on the course. I mean, the mountain is a brutal mountain. So, um, I'm always hoping we get as many runners to the mountain as possible. That's awesome. Right now, I believe we're at about 60 to 70, um, have signed up. So, um, in the coming weeks, hopefully we'll surpass 100 racers. Um, and then, you know, if we, if we get to that capacity, that would be awesome. Um, perfect. But, but yeah, it's sales have been going well. We're not doing any day of, uh, registration just because those RFID wristbands have to all be preloaded. Um, so I had to kind of adjust because I know once COVID hit, everyone was kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I want to sign up for races. And I've been the same way. It's hard to like commit to a hundred dollar race when you don't know if it's happening. Um, but I will say given we've had all of our other races, I don't foresee anything coming our way that we can't work around. Um, especially since we're already, we already have a plan to stagger start times. So, you know, if, if anything would need to adjust, I think we, we'll be able to adjust it and um, hopefully, hopefully uh, people will be okay pre-registering. Per, that's, that's, you know, I've noticed a lot of people actually do pre-register. I think, you know, it might be some last minute pre-registrations, just, right. you know, like you said, people are kind of, eh. but yeah, I think, yeah. I think the OCR community, people are so passionate about racing yeah. and being there. Uh, it's, there's that feel of when you know a race is happening, it's like, oh, there's a race. So (laughs) there's that excitement, like, oh my gosh, I get to go out and do something I'm passionate about. And not being able to do that has really, I think, it's kind of taken a toll on people. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get to that sellout capacity when people start realizing, oh gosh, there's a race that's actually going to happen. Right. I was kind of upset because I was like, I haven't run an OCR race since Greek Peak in March and this would be a great one to run, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> obviously I won't be running in the race. I'll be yeah. running the race. <laughs> exactly. What got you into obstacle course racing? Um, so I kind of spur of the moment signed up for a Spartan race just to kind of kickstart my fitness uh, journey and get a little bit more in shape. I ran my first Spartan race was actually at Palmerton because I knew the mountain. I was like, oh, well. 
I'm not really a runner. I'm not really like good at, I couldn't even do monkey bars when I was like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for a Spartan race. <laughs> and, um, after I did that and like trained for it, I just loved that I was able to do something I never thought I could do. Um, and do these obstacles that two months ago I couldn't, couldn't do. So, um, I kind of fell in love with it, um, after that race and decided, all right, like, let's get into it and see, can I train, like actually train? Uh, you know, I was, I would say I was getting in shape for my first Spartan race. And then after my first Spartan race, I was like, okay, let's, um, let's get out a, a spreadsheet and, and make a training schedule and see how much I can improve until the next race. And, um, my next race, I competed in age group at West Point and then at Killington and I won both of those. And I was like, okay, like it's working. Like I'm going to continue <laughs> this and like see where I can fall with the elite women. And you know, that's a whole nother, a whole nother division. And, uh, yeah. it was awesome to, to run with them last year and at Greek peak this year. Um, and I've still been trail running a ton and training. I, I mean, I'm training harder now than probably I ever have. Um, and so I'm excited for races to pop back up right now. I'm kind of just looking ahead for trail races. Um, yeah. Not, yes, OCR races, but I know they're far and few between right now. So <laughs> they are. I'm kind um, of looking for some to keep me, keep keep me going. excited. Yeah. I have a lot of, um, a couple of my co co-hosts, Dawn and Mike, I know they have been doing a lot of the virtual races and stuff and getting out on the different trails to like, yeah. feel like there's something going on. So I right. can totally see the excitement of being able to do a trail race and have it, you know, be socially distanced and stuff. So yeah. that's great that you're still consistent with that training and that passion for trail running as well. I mean, I, um, I never expected to enjoy running. If I'm being honest, I always hated running. And once I started running on the trails, it was so awesome. Um, and now that I've been training and running mountains and, uh, kind of just going on more adventures, it's so like, it's so epic to go places that you can't go by car. Um, and that's what I, I feel like I'm able to go do it. Uh, so why shouldn't I? Exactly. I can totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if things go well for you guys for the obstacle course race this year, are you already kind of planning ahead for next year as well? And how's that looking for you? I know it's like kind of pre-race, but there's always that right. looking forward. Are you guys thinking about doing that depending on how this year goes? I mean, I'm definitely open-minded to, to what races are to come for Blue Mountain. I think we are just starting. Um, really, I, I'm really excited to have our winter season to plan, um, next summer. Um, as I said, I kind of stepped into this role in April and it's, it is a fairly new program for us, the on mountain training and the green season. Um, we've had glamping and camping on the mountain and that's actually available for the racers that weekend. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the fitness and trail racing is definitely a newer, um, program for us. So yeah, I, I would love to have another obstacle course race, obviously after this, um, after COVID and everything, it's hard to, 
plan. <laughs> it's hard to, to <laughs> yes, look ahead is. and be like, okay, like this is what I want to do um, in April, May, June. Um, but I definitely have some ideas um, just for different races um, and how we can kind of implement the obstacles that we have. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we are making some new obstacles for this race. So obviously the goal is to, to continue some type of race, whether it's this distance in the future, I don't know, you know, who's yeah. to say. but yeah, we would love to continue having these races that, um, just bring different people to the mountain. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, the coolest things about Blue Mountain is that everyone who works on the team is very passionate about being outdoors and getting other people outdoors. And so really like the goal for all of our events is just to bring people to the mountain and have, and show them a positive outdoor experience and hope that when they leave the mountain, they want to come back and that they appreciate, uh, you know, the outdoors and the environment a bit more. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to continue having these, these races and especially the obstacle course race. I mean, it's a different, different community than just the trail races. So I would love to continue it. That's awesome. I do have to say there is kind of like a little bit of a difference in the communities. We have some trail yeah. racing series up here and those, they're hardcore, they're, they're trail runners. Like they run <laughs> and that's, you know, that's kind of like their niche, but you know, obstacle course racing just brings in like you have your trail running and then you've got, Oh, look, there's a wall in my way. Kind of, there's a totally right. different vibe with the communities. Um, but yeah. I think everybody is kind of starting to get a little united with things just cause you know, again, this weird, crazy world we got going on right now has just kind of flipped everybody on, you know, on their sides with stuff. Um, yeah. Um, are you guys getting a lot of interest in all the races? Like, uh, the trail races you definitely have, are you, people starting to kind of, kind of getting their interest peaked with the obstacle course race now that it's getting a little bit closer? Yeah. Um, so we definitely have a consistent this year for our hump day series, we've had about a consistent 70 to 80 runners that come out and run that every, um, last Wednesday of the month. And, um, a bunch of them are, are OCR athletes as well. Um, so I know a few of them have already signed up for the obstacle course race, which was cool to see. Um, and it's awesome too. Like one of the, one of the intriguing things about OCR is like running is a huge component of it. So yeah. it's great to see these OCR athletes that train so hard come out for a, a 5k and like throw down. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've had a few good battles too, like the, uh, the elite women and the elite men, um, that are great OCR athletes are the top, uh, people that are coming in for the, the five Ks and the, the trail races as well. So it's cool to see that it translates, uh, into that, um, and that they're interested in both. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, definitely we get, you know, each race kind of, brings out different people. And, and that's, what's, that's one of my favorite things about being a race director is, you know, some races I've noticed more families enjoy coming to some races, more intense athletes enjoy coming to. Yeah. And so it's neat to, um, to see kind of what different races bring in different types of people. Um, but definitely we, we have some overlap happening for sure. 
That's awesome. Uh, so your race, is it mainly just for adults? Are you going to have, you know, kids, families? How's that kind of playing for you guys? What are you thinking about that? So we're not doing a kids course for the OCR race. Um, as I, uh, I don't know, actually, if I mentioned, we have uh, mountain biking at the, the mountain. It's one of our bigger um, channels. So yeah. we're closing down mountain biking on Saturday for the race and opening Sunday for mountain biking. Um, and we'll be using some of the mountain bike trails for, for the race. And those are some of the most fun trails out there. So you have to tap into them a little bit. Um, but, um, but yeah, we, um, we're not doing a kid's course this time. We do have a kid's course for, we're doing, um, a pumpkin pickup race at the end of October, which I'm actually really excited about. It's like our least intense race that we've had. Um, but I'm going to be hiding um, little pumpkins along the course that are all like associated with a different prize. And then if you find one, you get a prize and we'll have a kid's course for that. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited for that race. I'm I'm hoping it's like kind of a fun end of season. Yeah. um, Race, but we're uh, keeping it to um, kids 12 and older for the OCR race. That's pretty consistent with a lot of the, I hate saying adult races, but right. <laughs> for most OCR races, that's pretty consistent, you know, 12 and over, you know, they got smaller courses for the kids. Um, right. How, um, I'm totally losing my train of thought. Um, so do you guys do anything during the winter with race series or is it mainly just like winter sports and that's it? Or do you guys have any activities for that for the winter? Sure. Cause I've noticed with OCR, you're, we're starting to get more and more winter races. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no off season for OCR. You no, race always. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, winter is, is hard for the trails. Cause obviously they are, <laughs> covered in snow yeah. <laughs> in winter, but, um, yeah, it's on my mind for sure. I, um, I really enjoy like one of the cool things about obstacle course racing is the elements. And that's the same for trail racing yeah. is it's fun to play on obstacles, but you know, when they're muddy or when it's cold or when it's snowing, like that's the challenge you're, you're battling yes. elements really. And so, yes, I would love to incorporate something into our winter season in addition to to our ski um, and snowboard operations. Um, But time will tell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hopefully we'll be able to get something out. What's the weather like in um, October when you're doing the race? Is it kind of mild or? Yeah, it shouldn't be too cold, I'm hoping. (laughs) But but we'll see. it usually, I mean, beginning of October is usually like my favorite time of year. It should be beautiful. We are starting the elite men at 8 a.m., the elite women at 8.30, and then open at 9 and 10. So it will be chilly when they start, um, and likely when the elite men are rolling in, it'll probably still be a bit chilly. Um uh, I haven't posted a course map yet. Um, that'll be coming hopefully next week. But um, there is going to be uh, the rolling mud, which is a uh, staple Palmerton Spartan obstacle. We are going to include that. That's and, awesome. Um, soon after that, there will also be a water crossing. Nothing too intense, but 
enough that if it's cold, you're definitely going to be cold for the obstacles that follow. Yeah, um, you'll, you're going to fill that one. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so yeah, hopefully the weather the weather is nice, but it can be unpredictable. You never know. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it won't be anything crazy happening in the beginning of October. <laughs> um, I like how you mentioned like the elements are part of the things that you race against because that's incredibly true. I've noticed that at the different venues I've gone to, it's heat or it's cold or it's freezing freaking rain. Right. <laughs> like, you know, um, I know up here the Seattle races in April have always been so cold and so rainy and I can't that, imagine. It, that's just one of those races where you have to know you've got to have a good base layer. You've got to be ready for it to be freezing cold in the morning and kind of warm in the afternoon just because of where right. they, how, you know, it plays out. But I love having that element effect that kind of changes how you race and what you do. Like, you know, right. I, I've been on sprints where I'm like, nah, maybe I should take my hydration pack. Maybe I shouldn't. And one of them, I was so glad I took it because I drained that thing and just, the distance that it was, I was like, okay, I'm glad I brought my hydration pack for a sprint, right. which I normally never do, but it's the heat aspect. Like I knew I needed to be hydrated. So, um, right. And that's I, kind of one of the things I'm excited for. And I was initially, I was really training this season to throw down at Palmerton Spartan. That's I, I mean, it's awesome to be able to race at your home mountain, especially yeah. when I work at. So yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I was training for. And I was really stoked that it was in October because the weather comparatively to July is like so much nicer. I mean, always it's like a hundred degrees when you're climbing up the sandbag <laughs> carry climb. Like, yeah. So, um, I was really excited for the October race. And I think it'll be interesting to see what people think racing on the mountain in a totally different, um, season than they're yeah. used to. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, different people come out that usually race, um, the Spartan race in July just to experience the mountain at a different time of year. Cause I think it will be, I think the leaves are going to be changing. I think it's, I'm like really excited. I think it'll be beautiful. That's fantastic. And there is a complete difference in seasons when you race, like you said, in your home area, um, April compared to the September Spartan races in Seattle night and day difference. It's warmer in really? September. There's less rain in September. So you're <laughs> not as much mud. <laughs> yeah. You're battling more of the dust than you are, you know, the wet and cold. So, um, I can't wait to hear your feedback on what people say about racing in October versus July. Cause that is going to be a different, different element to that. It's not gonna be as hot. It's gonna be a little bit chillier. So, right. Um, that's, yeah. It should be, it should be interesting to see what people think and what people, enjoy more or less you know um i personally the heat is like one of my least favorite things summer's probably my <laughs> least favorite time of year actually. but so um naturally like october is a prime month for me um, yeah and i i just think fall and spring are the best times to be running like the weather is beautiful whether it's raining or not it usually yeah. is a nice makes for a nice run so um Hopefully we'll get some good weather and hopefully people will be happy about it. Um, with I, I, mean, I heard you mention that you can have elite men and women. I was going to ask you about that. Are you going to have the age groups and stuff? Um, but you're having elites, men and women, and then two open heats? Yeah. So we're doing 
we're, we capped it at 30 elite men and 30 elite women to start. Um, the elite men are almost sold out. Um, and the elite women are, are about half sold out right now, I believe. Um, so we're, we're going to be doing prizes for the top three finishers of those waves. Um, really the goal of creating the waves is just to eliminate some bottlenecks on the course. Yeah. Like I said, we're not like a crazy obstacle course operation happening yeah. here. So, um, you know, we'll have multiple lanes of things, but not 10 lanes. Um, yeah. so we're just hoping that people who are signing up for the elite men and elite women waves are the competitive racers. Yeah. And then those who, maybe are still competitive, but aren't going for the win per se are signing up in open. We are going to be doing age group awards within the open category. So, you know, those racers shouldn't count themselves out. There's still going to be prizes and um, a few sponsors are giving free samples and it'll, it'll be definitely a good, good vibes happening um, for, for everyone, whether you're winning or just going for fun. Um, are you guys gonna, are you guys allowed to have like a festival area or anything like that? How's that playing to things for you guys? So, um, my goal is to not so much have a festival area. Um, cause when I think of festival area, I think it's like a big, um, you know, 10 or more booths set up that yeah. people are like hanging out at. Obviously with COVID after the race ends, um, We'll still be outside, but we encourage all the racers to wear masks um, just because you could be six feet away from someone one minute and then the next you're not. Yeah. Um, if they are maintaining social distance, it's fine to not wear a mask. Uh, but all of the people, all the companies that have agreed to be sponsors and will be at the event um, will be wearing masks and taking all the COVID precautions that are required by the state. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping to have a mini festival area um, to still kind of have uh, people be able to experience a full race experience without just being like, hey, come race and then leave. Um, yeah. You know, we want people to stay and enjoy the mountain, especially if it's a nice day. Um, and there's there's plenty to do on the mountain. Like I said, like um we are opening up glamping and camping that weekend. We usually close it uh, when Spartan comes. And so because we're having our own race, it kind of allows us to open the camping and the glamping to those who are coming to race as well. So we have a few sites that are actually right near the course that people can book um, so they can like hop out of bed and walk down the mountain to the start line, which I think is cool. That um, is really cool. And yeah. that gives them, it'll give people, if they've run Palmerton, it gives them a completely different experience. Cause now you get to be like right there on the course. You actually get to be completely out in nature and camping, right. and going to race. That's incredible. That's, that's something you don't see in most, um, most races, even like the smaller local ones, you don't really see the, the camping on, you know, that close to the race. So that's great. Um, Yeah. And the camping is always, I love being outside. I mean, my whole job is outside. So obviously I like it, but, (laughs) um, but I love like camping before a race and getting to experience like where you actually are is um, one of my favorite things about racing. So I'm hoping people uh, will take the opportunity to, to stay over whether they 
pitch their own tent or um, book a glamping site. I mean, both are going to be great experiences. So that's awesome. I love that you guys are creating an obstacle course race. Um, I know it's kind of feels like it's dying just on the fact, you know, no one's been able to race, but I think all these little local races that are pushing to have races to bring people in. I think that is just such a strong sign that OCR is very much still just, it's going, we're just having, we're having a hiccup in things. And I think the local races, you know, yeah, we got Savage and we got Spartan and, you know, Rugged Maniac. We got the bigger races, but I think the smaller races are what bring people to OCR. And I think it's Mm -hmm. what helps keep OCR thriving. Um, So yeah, it's exciting to see you guys doing that. And was this like spur of the moment because Spartan pulled out or was it something you guys kind of thought about anyways? So right when I became um, the race director, I really wanted to do an obstacle course race. Obviously like that was, I, would have said last year, if you would have asked me that I was an obstacle course racer and not really a trail runner. Um, so coming into this, I obviously love trail running now more so than I did when I started, but with OCR, it was always my intent to, to have an OCR race. Like I always thought that would be so cool. And why hasn't Blue Mountain done it before, you know, we're this popular venue. I mean, I think I hear people talk about Palmerton Spartan venue all the time. Um, yes. And so it seems like a missed opportunity to not have our own obstacle course race, in my opinion. Um, but when I came on, I felt like we needed to. We just yeah. had to fit it in in a way that, you know, wasn't interfering with anything Spartan wanted to do. Yeah. And wasn't interfering with anything else that we wanted to do. And, you know, it's always difficult to find spots in months for different events and what events do we want to have? What are we prioritizing? And with the obstacle course race, there's obviously a ton more of expense than a trail race. Um, A trail race is like me being able to go out and map on the mountain and put together an awesome course, but there's not really any labor that goes into creating anything. Yeah. Um, whereas with the obstacle course race, there is. So there, there is some risk associated with having our own yes. obstacle course race. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, I think with, with all the races being canceled and it seemed like the stars kind of aligned and it was our opportunity to see how it would go. And, um, you know, we're aware that it's our first go at it. Um, I know that I'm a very new race director and I'm lucky to have, um, you know, some, some mentors that have been helping me uh, and, and just offering like little tidbits of advice, not even on like course or mapping per se, but just like basic things like taping a course or double railing a course, you know, like things that come up that you just don't think about all the time uh, with a race. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm glad we found the opportunity to have it. And like I said before, I, I'm hoping that it's something we can continue to have, whether it's on a large scale or a small scale. I think it's just there is an OCR community here. Um, and so we're hoping that that we're able to continue it. That's awesome. I've noticed um, 
the behind the scenes of a race is so intricate and there's so much more that goes on that people don't necessarily understand. Um, I, I'm a race director for a local race up here and this was supposed oh, to be, cool. my, this was supposed to be my first race this year. And of course everything hit and we had to postpone, oh. but it was, it's eye opening to see everything that goes on behind the scenes. And I, I yeah. don't, I don't think a lot of people who are in OCR really realize all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and the preparation and, you know, most race directors don't get to run their own race. We're there. Right. We're running the race. We're making sure everything goes right. smoothly. <laughs> and so um, I think it's great to hear from all the race directors and start kind of giving people an inside look of what's going on behind the scenes. And it's kind of like gives you an appreciation to what everybody does. Cause it's a team. It's not just one person. Right. It's a full team that help every, you know, helps get everything together and having a strong team of mentors. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And like I mentioned, I'm 24, so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm younger. Um, everyone's always like, Oh, you're like really young. Um, but some, you know, it's, I don't often think like, I like when there's a lot to learn with something. I'm kind of like a, I'm not a closet nerd. I'm just a nerd. Like I, I really am a, a bit dorky and um, I like to learn these new things. I mean, it's one of the reasons I like OCR and rock climbing and there's always some sort of puzzle to work out. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same with race directing. So yeah. um, I love that you guys have been giving everyone, um, you know, an inside look on, on race directing because it is really interesting. I mean, I'm really more and more passionate about it. The more I do it, um, we do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally different than running a race. Um, but it's exciting in the same ways. Um, like I still get nervous before race day. Just yeah. in <laughs> And I mean, it's gotta be fulfilling when you hear people's thoughts afterwards when, yeah, you get past when everybody gets past the grumpiness and why the heck did I <laughs> sign up for this? But everybody, like you said, it comes a point where like, Oh my God, I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. How fulfilling is that for you to hear people like excited to do yet another race and come back for the series and everything? Yeah. I mean, that's easily the best part of what I get to do. Um, I think I love it because the challenge, like I like to create something out on the mountain that like, whether people know they can complete it or know they can do it in a certain amount of time. Like I like to create something that creates a little bit of like unknown and even the runners that come out and run the blue burn every week. Um, and I think being able to do that and then see them cross the finish line and, and hate me for a few minutes and then be like, <laughs> Oh, that was an awesome course or hear their feedback and take it and, and do better next race. Um, yeah. I definitely hearing from the runners after the races is yeah, the best part of, of the job. And it always seems like, like I said, they're, they cross the finish line dying. And then once they get a few minutes to catch their breath and they're like, okay, like this is what I liked about it. And they always remember the parts of the race that like, I want them to remember, right? Like yeah. when you create a course, there are moments that you're like, all right, this section, like people are going to hate this section, but they're going to love it. Like yeah. it's one of those things that you try to find those spots on the mountain that 
people don't get to experience all the time. That's and awesome. It seems like it seems like we've been uh, hitting those those spots, and people seem to be uh, understanding what I'm doing. That's <laughs> Which so is great cool. to hear. You know, and people who have run Palmerton and been there for Spartan races multiple times. I mean, them coming to a smaller race is just getting going. I, it's going to give them a totally different perspective of the mountain as well, because definitely it's not what you're, you go to Spartan and you know pretty much what you're going to expect. I mean, except for when you're right. on the course, there's always something thrown in there that you're like, seriously, what the hell was that? Right. But Or they say it's going to be six miles and it's 10. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever. I've, I've had that four. happen a few times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, you know, that's, I think that's so awesome about what you're doing is you, you know the mountain well enough that you can throw in little things here and there that people aren't going to expect. And an experienced Spartan racer, they're going to come into this. Well, I know this mountain. Well, it sounds like you got it kind of mapped out where, no, you don't really know the mountain as well as you think. So right. well, and awesome. It's, it's cool too because Spartan there's thousands of runners that come to the mountain. And so, you know, it does limit the the trails they use and, and where they can go because it's such a huge amount of people. Yeah. Um, it's hard to just use every trail um, and know it's not going to get demolished. Yeah. Um, with maybe 225 runners, we have a little bit more flexibility in like what we can use and where we can take everyone on the mountain, which is cool. Um, and I think people will get a different running experience at this obstacle course race yeah. than they would in the Spartan race. That's so awesome. And yeah, I, you are so right about how many people come to a Spartan race. And yeah, it's smaller- insane. <laughs> yeah. So many people. Having that smaller number, I mean, that's, that's going to be so awesome to to see and hear how they react to it because – you know, the trails, you could use different trails and stuff. That's so great. Yeah. And it's October 3rd, you said? October 3rd, um, 8 a.m. will be the first first wave. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be out all day. That's so great. That's so great. And they can find you on Facebook. They got the website they can find you at. Um, yeah. It's called Blue Mountain Madness Obstacle Course Race. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to talk to you again and find out how things go after the race, because that's going to be a whole nother thing to find out from you how it all went. And um, yeah, I, wish you I, guys- so appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on and the opportunity to talk about it. Um, you know, it's, it's a local race. So it's not often that uh, I have the opportunity to, to speak about race directing or what the race will hold. And, um, I let some obstacles slip out tonight. So <laughs> you got a little inside scoop Yay. before anyone else said. <laughs> I think that's one of the things we try to focus on is supporting local races, no matter awesome. what local is to somebody. I mean, we're West coast, you guys are in the middle, you know, more towards the East coast, but you know, it gives everybody a diversified look as to everything that's going on and those smaller local races. So Thank you for coming on and giving a little tidbits for us. And um, of course. I certainly look forward to hearing from you again once it's all done. And congratulations on your inaugural race there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. You're I definitely welcome. look forward to talking to you again. This is awesome. awesome. Great. Um, have a wonderful night and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks right. again. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beast Net podcast. If you haven't done it yet, 
Find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.